Welcome back to the program. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. Broadcasting live here. We're at uh, Franklin Field in the uh, Rock Complex. And a little bit of rain falling right now. Later on tonight, they've got a ball game. After 2 o'clock, the rain should be pretty much out of here. And don't forget, follow us on Facebook and on Instagram and over on uh, Twitter and on those accounts, you can see where I posted a link for the game tonight. If you buy tickets through that link, a portion of the proceeds go to Fisher House, Wisconsin, and we can't uh, can't implore you enough to come out and enjoy yourself tonight out at the Rock Sports Complex and a Milwaukee Milkman game. In the meantime, the Brewers have a day game going for the uh, series win today, and to bring in our guy Tim Allen, uh, host of the Baseball Post Game Show in Milwaukee on ninety-seven three, the game. Tim, how you doing, pal? What's going on, Bill? Great catching up. Uh, every time there's an out at home plate and it's here to there, uh, I can only assume that you're pulling your hair out. Are you bald yet? <laughs> you know what? I will say this. Sometimes, because the offense has been, uh, how, how nicely can I put it, challenged this year, sometimes you, I don't mind as much as uh, as you think I would, just because they, they have to start tapping on the accelerator, Bill. And whether that comes from some strategy, some hit and run, some hitting behind a runner or taking a pop with two outs at, at uh, home plate or grabbing another base, sometimes we have to accept that a little bit just because of that offense. You know, hits are hard to come by. And, and we hear... You know, Craig Council last night after the game, uh, in, in on two different occasions, mentions, you know, we got to get more hits. We got to get a hit in mm-hmm. that situation. Imagine that, though, Bill. That comes with, and I know you and I can see eye to eye on this. Comes with what we call a batting average, and that's right. a really an adult analytic that that I know I appreciate. But uh, there's there's not some healthy batting averages on this team. Tim, um, my question is this. When you've got a guy like Sal Freelich that comes up and has immediate success, he's an energizer, he's an igniter, it seems like he's ignited not only the team but the crowd. Why in the hell do you pull him out of the lineup? I don't know. And and you have some comps here, and one would be Joey Weimer, who played, you know, what, 88 of the first 91 games that he was up here. And and it's it's incredible that – I, I just don't know what metric he's looking at to do this. It, it, it can't be the splits. And if it is the splits, he's comparing minor to majors. Well, when uh, him and Pat Murphy discuss Keston Hira, what they, what they talk about is there's a big difference between the minor league pitching and the big league pitching. Okay, that being said, well, then that's sort of backwards uh, if you're going to go by a minor league metric. And, and he holds his own against lefties in the minors. There's no question about that. The problem I have with this, Bill, is, you know, you're typecasting a guy immediately out of the shoot. We all want a guy that never looks back, right? We we want a Gunnar mm-hmm. Henderson for the Baltimore Orioles. We want we want a Corbin Carroll for the Arizona Diamondbacks. A guy, a rookie, young player, high end prospect that's put into the lineup, and you never look back. You you just don't take him out. It doesn't matter matchups. You might move him around in the lineup a little bit. I think he's already starting on a, on a, on bad footing with Sal Freelich because immediately the first lefty starter they face after he he's called up three games after he's called up he rides pine solely because it's lefty lefty 
Bill, I gotta say, I do not agree with that, and and hopefully that's that's uh, that's not a pattern for this guy. Uh, the other question I have for you, go back to Joey Weimer. What do you do because he just uh, at times look as, looks now as if he's just fishing for uh, for base hits. Uh, he he swung uh, between him and Adamas. They swung at two pitches so far out of the strike zone. It's like it was almost like they were swinging before the uh, the ball left the release point of the pitcher's hand. And Abbott, don't get me wrong, Abbott's a hell of a pitcher and he's baffled everybody, but both guys have just struggled so mightily. Well, and part of it is um, the fact that you've had injuries out there in that outfield. Garrett Mitchell, that really affected the, the landscape in that outfield. Jesse Winker, his inability to not only hit, we're all well aware of that, and he was placed on the IL just this morning, but his inability to hit, but his inability to play the outfield a little bit. And that really hurt this team as well. And it forced, you know, Joey Weimer to get additional playing time, and, and, and at least he can bring defense. The inability for Tyrone Taylor to take another step as as a uh, as a Brewer and his career is probably uh, hitting hitting the skids here uh, in, in this organization. But all of those kind of mandated that Weimer was going to play. Throw in Keston Hira because they were going to give him a little shot at least at one point to play a little outfield or DH. So you had a lot of moving parts there in the outfield, and it forced Weimer to just stay in and stay up. But again. The bonus might be is that, you know, you get the defense and boy, they are really super focused on their defense, man. They, and they're a good defense. Don't get me wrong. And you, you save a run defensively. It's like scoring a run. I understand the principle and the concept, but my goodness, they are almost over the top. Bill, I, I would give up just a ticket defense for some additional offense with these guys. Tim, you, you mentioned Keston here, I, I, and I heard a terrific interview, and I can't remember which coach it was that you had on, but they were talking about Keston and the hole that he has in his swing. And I, I, you and I talked about it when he first came up, and then we saw that second year like, uh-oh, this, there's something not right here. And it's high fastballs, rising fastballs. He just can't either catch up to it or doesn't have the same swing level, whatever. You know, I, granted, he's, he's raking down in the minors, but does he ever get a legitimate shot to come back up? Do you think? I thought. I thought once they, uh, you know, bated breath. I'm scrolling uh, through Twitter this morning, and I see Jesse Winker went to the IL. Where's the move? Where's the move? Where's the adjacent roster move? And then oh, it's Abraham Toro. I was. I, I got excited there for a little bit. But yeah, uh, that conversation occurred uh, many years ago. With well, not that many, but you and I talked in 2019 uh, on your show about Keston Hira and how it was not only bat-to-ball skills, I think at that time it was barrel-to-ball skills. And where that was lost, I'm not sure. And and it's a prospect that was DFA'd, a number one pick for this organization, a top ten pick like Corey Ray. And then you get Keston Hira, back-to-back years that they just simply did not work out. That was uh, Brewers bench coach Pat Murphy that was talking about yes. the hole in a swing and the high fastball. And in the big leagues, everyone's gassing upper 90s, especially in the bullpen. I mean, every team has it, not just the Brewers. We, it's just not in Milwaukee or it's everywhere around the league. You need hitters that, you know, if, if you're not going to hit late in a game um, and it's because of the high fastball and you can't get on top of it, well, then that's, that's there's your answer right there. I, I just... I, with the challenged offense, Bill, I am shocked they are not giving him a shot here. I, I'm really surprised at this. I don't know what 
what has to happen for that to occur. But you have all these rash of injuries. You all have all this lack of production. And you're forced at some point to take a few risks. And they've done that. Luke Voigt, John Singleton, Darren Ruff. They've taken swings, but they've missed a lot. Why not give Keston one last little run? If he can get hot, the timing might be right. But I, I just it, if it hasn't happened by now, I, I don't know if it's going to happen. Talking with Tim Allen, host of the Baseball Post Game Show on 97.3 The Game in Milwaukee on our Milwaukee affiliate uh, sister station, so to speak. Uh, Tim, going back to that, I, I was watching uh, MLB um, Network, and they were talking about Kessin Huron about uh, giving him a shot, and then he could possibly be packaged up in a trade. And the, the argument is, well, if you keep him in the minors and you keep him hot, then maybe he's got a little more trade value. To me, if I'm a general manager and I see a Brewers team struggling offensively and the Brewers – not even willing to give him a shot because he's not majorly capable. To me, as a general manager, it's telling me this guy doesn't have much value to me. So to, to say that they're keeping him in the minors for some kind of trade value, I think is preposterous. I, I think uh, you're right on the money, dude. You're, you're right on. And, and it, it is you want to showcase these guys. How many years? This is what the New York Yankees do and the L.A. Dodgers. What they do is they hype up their, their uh, minor league prospects hype them up hype them up every time now i don't know i don't have any inside information that this is by design and by plan but it appears to me just from the outside looking in hype up these guys anytime you get in front of the media general managers farm directors managers coaching staffs uh, in in affiliated baseball down to the lower levels hype them hype them continue to hype them because that word gets out regardless of what the metrics say the word gets out and they're worth more than it's almost like a little uh, marketing campaign for each of these prospects, because who knows? And we all know that the Yankees and Dodgers predominantly come trade deadline. They'll take these guys. How are they getting these guys? Number one, they can pay the money. Number two, they, they dole out these prospects. And that to me is a big part of this, that you did want to showcase Keston a little bit, that he hasn't completely lost it. And if they did, Bill, and he got moderately hot in a package deal, if you were another organization, wouldn't you want to give a shot at a top 10 pick back from, uh, what, 16 or 17? Of course I'd take a, a low-risk gamble on him. I think you're right on the money there. You should have showcased him at least to get a taste of it. Do you move Willie Adamas down the lineup? Not much, not much further than uh, you know. A lot of folks are saying. Uh, we talked about it last night a little bit. There's been you know this groundswell of let's move down to seventh. I don't think so. I, I just I think that's a little bit low. Hell, if you if you're going Monasterio, if you're going you know the rookie Sal Freelich three or four games into his career in in the cleanup spot, what's wrong with the cleanup spot? You've tried everyone else there. Winker who who can't hit two hundred. You've tried everybody else there. Put Willie in there. He's, you know, to say that Adamus is becoming an offensive problem, I think is the nicest way I can put it, Bill. Because, right. because I mean, this offense, you know it, you follow it. And I don't need to tell Brewers fans that this offense has been, has been struggling. But the good news is, heading into last night's game, Bill, this team was one game off the second best win total in the national league just one game back of the dodgers for the second best now remember two teams get a bye playoff series you don't jump in so if you're one or two in the seating you don't have to play that three game mini set to open up the uh, mm -hmm. postseason 
they're right in the thick of all that. Now it's all bunched up there. Reds are in there. Giants are in there. Phillies are in there. Diamondbacks are in there. Dodgers clearly are in there. I don't know if anyone's going to catch the, the Braves, but let's keep our eyes on that prize with 60 to go, Bill. They're right there in the mix. And, and on paper, quite frankly, they shouldn't be 10 games over 500. All, all, all the measurables say they shouldn't. Who do we attribute that to? I just got to say it's Craig Council doing what he can with what he's got. I think, and I've said this time and again, for as good as the offense is, because if you take the pitching staff of the Brewers and put it with the offense of the Reds, you've got a juggernaut, no doubt. And I've said all along, good pitching will beat good hitting, and this is the absolute prime example of good pitching defense that will win you games over just pounding the baseball out of the ballpark, considering that they are negative run differential by negative six. It's incredible, but you're right on. Pitching and defense, it's almost like old school here uh, in that yeah. regard. Pitching and defense, it, it wins. And all these close games, these just might come in handy in the postseason. They're used to this. They're used to grinding out a one-run game. I mean, two-run game. It's it's a low, just low totals. It's hard to believe, but they're 10 games over with 60 to play. Just split them. Are they going to play better than 500 in the final 60? Probably. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's safe to assume they'll play a little. Even if they go 500, Bill, they're 86 wins. Just going 30 and 30 in the final 60. They got a clear shot at 90. And if everything stays the same, the way they play ball, their brand of baseball, they add a bat, okay, maybe a bullpen arm. Everything stays the same. And they stay healthy. I think they're kind of a dangerous team with what you just talked about. They're pitching and defense. And anything the offense can do, the other, the opposition, they're in danger land, guys. They are. They're, they're a buzzsaw potentially with that pitching and defense. Well, that was going to be my next question before I let you go. So let's just say Woodruff comes back. Let's say they get Miley back. Some of these guys you can move around, push them to the pen. You get deeper just through osmosis. What do they do, and is there somebody you're going after before the trade deadline? I think you're going to, you know, names like a, a Lane Thomas or a Randall Gritchick or a Tommy Pham, this sort of moderate, uh, having a decent year kind of player. It's not going to break the bank, kind of a, a big Trey Turner type move, you know, that those types of things that have occurred in the last year or two. But I, I think one of those middle of the road kind of bats that's just going to fit in. Um, you know, I do I still have to do a little little study in here. I just breezing through Twitter, saw that Matt Arnold is, you know, they, they don't want to disrupt the chemistry of defensively by adding a bat or two. Ooh, I don't know. This office needs some help, Matt. Just just saying. Yeah. And he knows it. He knows it. But you know, I don't think it's gonna be a big name, Bill. And and I think for the most part they they have what they have. And they're going to have to ride it. They're going to have to hope Willie gets hot for a final run. They're going to have to hope Rowdy Telez gets hot for a final run. They're going to have to hope that Owen Miller bookends his season where he was so scorching hot at the beginning. He gets hot at the end. Brian Anderson was hot early. These are the types of guys that are going to have to get it done. And by osmosis, the bulk of their offensive improvement must come from within. It's not going to come from uh, outside the organization. Bill, i got to ask you at the at the – Milkman game. Are you going to sing the national anthem? 
<laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. I could do a very good recitation of it, but I would never be able to sing it. No, I would not. Uh, I, would I am not just do that. mortified no. to do that, Bill. I'm mortified. I've been asked to do it, uh, and I'm just like, at one point, I was going to do it, and I thought, you know what? I don't want to be uh, on social media and just trending as I butchered yes. the national anthem somewhere. I'm not taking that chance. Yeah, you know what's funny is when you're in the stands and you're at a game and you're singing it, you remember every word. But if you're the person <laughs> leading it, you'll forget a word or two, and then people will kill you because you forgot one of the words in the national anthem. I, I barely get yeah, through taking me out to the ball game, Tim. Yes, <laughs> no question. Bill, great catching up. You too, pal. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. You got it. There you go. Tim Allen, host of the Baseball Postgame Show, joining us for a couple of minutes. Awesome stuff from Tim. And uh, great to chat with him. He is on 97.3 The Game in Milwaukee, uh, our sister station uh, for our affiliate in Milwaukee, as a matter of fact. And uh, some good insight. Uh, he does not think it's going to be a name of ilk. Uh, it could be somebody hanging on. It could be maybe somebody trying to find themselves. But regardless, uh, the Brewers are going to do something, you would assume, to bring in a bat. And uh, offensively, you, you desperately need it. You just need some more contact, man. You just you got to put the ball in play and you got to make some things happen. Uh, but you're hoping that this last start from Woodruff was eyeballing a very good sign and that Woodruff is maybe on the mend and coming back, and then maybe you get Wade Miley back here sooner rather than later, and then before you know it, things are uh, things are things are trending in the right direction. Uh, yes, he uh, Jesse Winker goes to the IL, and uh, you maybe assume that this is it. Maybe they are going to move on from him before it's all said and done because uh, you just can't afford to keep running him out there and just. You know, I know he got a hit the other night against Cincinnati, but uh, it's it's been painful, painful to watch. Uh, there you have it. Thanks to Tim for joining us for a couple of minutes. We're at uh, um, Franklin Field uh, down here in the Ballpark Commons, the Rock Complex. But I can't ask you enough tonight. The weather's going to clear. It's already getting a little bit lighter here. The weather's going to clear later this afternoon and this evening. They got a game here tonight. But if you go to Facebook.com/slash The Bill Michael Show. And right there at the top of the page, you're going to see a link. It talks about uh, the link to the Milkman game tonight for Fisher House, Wisconsin. Uh, if you want to buy tickets to the game and you want to go this evening, you click that link and get your tickets because a portion of those proceeds then go to Fisher House, Wisconsin. So you're doing not only do you get to come and see, you know, enjoyable baseball and very affordable baseball, but you also get a chance to do something really good for veterans, military members, and their families. We can't ask you that enough. So thanks to all of you that have already clicked the link, and I still uh, still ask you to, to continue to go there. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill. Speaking of watching baseball, you can do it there as well. Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill on Pewaukee Lake, Lakeview Boulevard in Pewaukee, home of the Pig Porker Sandwich. Ryan and his staff are great people. And whether you're sitting outside tonight watching the boats go by, looking in through the window to watch the Brewers game this afternoon or maybe later on this evening, just watching whatever other sports they have on the tube or the weekend series against Atlanta, stop in, tell Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill in Pewaukee Lake and all the gang over there, we said hello. Great people, great place, a lot of fun, and I encourage you to stop by. More of the Bill Michael Show live at Franklin Field here in Franklin, Wisconsin at the Rock Sports Complex. Coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
bottom of the hour, we are going to hear from Six Matt LaFleur as uh, the team is taking the field in his presser before the Packers get out for their first workout of training camp. I uh, want to remind you, a terrific place to get away. Terrific place right here. One tank trip right here in our own backyard. Four Seasons Island Resort. And uh, it's up on the beautiful Muscano Island in the middle of the river. And uh, you can swing in and uh, kind of feel like you're just completely disconnecting from the rest of the world. It's an awesome place. It's a fun place. It's a very historic old place, a lot of old mob ties and such. And it's on that uh, that haunted registry and such. But uh, Four Seasons on the Resort's awesome place. And if you want to give Barb a call, 715-938-5110. And you tell her you heard it here on the program uh, for use the promo code Michaels15 you get 15% off of your stay. And in addition to that, we got to say thanks to them because they gave us a weekend stay for free uh, for the motorcycle ride coming up on Sunday, September 3rd, which is a value over 500 bucks. So uh, if you're going to step there on a weekend, maybe you're just going to go up and detach, you know, go hang out by the pool and sit in the hot tub and the sauna and such and have some terrific dinners and meals in the diamond room or in the lounge upstairs or go have at it downstairs in the sports bar. Uh, doesn't matter. A lot of great things that you can do up there. There's golf. There's a nine-hole executive. Also, the UTVs and ATV trails wide open. You can uh, rent a pontoon. You can go fishing. There's so many things you can do. That's Four Seasons Island Resort. Also, they have a, a sister resort in Iron Mountain, Michigan. Uh, it's called Pine Mountain, and their golf course is highly rated. And uh, also, during the winter months, they have the ski jumps and the ski hill and such up there, too. So, uh, two terrific places, and call Barb for both of them, 715-938-5110, 715-938-5110, Four Seasons Island Resort. Uh, a couple of things that I wanted to bring up before we get to the bottom of the hour here uh, real quick. One is Dario Melendez uh, tweeted this out just a little while ago, talking about the initial thoughts on Jordan Love. He said, granted, this is practice one versus air with no pads. Said he's been throwing a really nice ball, a tight spiral, and it's been on target. Deep throws have been on the money. He's got calm feet, command of the huddle, looks confident, making the right reads right now when coaches move as well. So that's coming out early again. You know, not in pads or anything, but uh, nevertheless, uh, some interesting thoughts on Jordan Love early on. And then the starting offensive line on day one, David Bakhtiari at left tackle, Elton Jenkins at left guard, Josh Myers at center, John John Runyon at right guard, Zach Tom gets the nod at right tackle over Josh Nyman. It's it's a little interesting because Josh Nyman's built more for a tackle position. Zach Tom's built more for a guard position unless he really bulked up. And granted, he played rather admirably last year, but I just didn't know if they would make Zach Tom, um, you know, give him that right tackle position. But starting out today, uh, that's exactly what they did. So Zach Tom gets the nod when the Packers took the field today uh, to be the right tackle. And uh, they're going to move Josh Nyman in eventually but uh, and move him around a little bit. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's rather – Rather interesting. So I uh, wanted, to, wanted to kind of bring you that. Also, don't forget, um, you've got some safeties. Uh, you know, Tariq Carpenter and Tavarius Moore, both placed on the non-football injury list 
according to the league's transaction report, both players participated in the voluntary offseason program. So it's likely that the injuries they received or you know incurred occurred away from the facility. Uh, and Carpenter and Moore both join uh, you know the long list alongside seventh round uh, wideout Grant Dubose and undrafted free agent tight end Carmen McDonald and players on the non-football injury list. They can be activated now anytime during camp. Uh, and the same goes for the pass rusher uh, Rashawn Gary and Eric Stokes, the wide receiver Jeff Cotton, also placed on the pup list uh, going back to last week. So, you know, but, you know, the problems at safety, you know, Moore can't afford to miss too many reps during camp. Uh, he's a former third-round pick coming from Southern Miss, and he'd spent five seasons in the league with the 49ers. Uh, but coming to Green Bay, he comes into a defensive backfield that's very much in flux right now. And after the departure of Adrian Amos, uh, who went into, you know, free agency, you know, ends up going over to the Jets, uh, Moore's going to be in the mix for a starting job. And the Packers could benefit uh, the most from his contributions on special teams, where he got uh, just 41 defensive snaps for the last year with the 49ers, but 270 in total uh, for the 49ers in his career there on special teams. Uh, but he's he's going to need to get, you know, the old adage is you can't make the club from the tub. So they're looking real hard at that secondary right now, the Green Bay Packers, and he's going to need to get those snaps. So uh, that's one of those things you want to kind of pay attention to, not just who's on the field, but more so even sometimes who's not on the field. So there you go. When we come back, we're going to hear from Matt LaFleur and uh, his opening statements as camp today got underway. And a lot of people excited about that. All of us, you know, excited about that. And uh, we'll get more from Matt LaFleur coming up here shortly. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Buzzard Billy's in the Starlight Lounge on Pearl Street in La Crosse, Wisconsin. And I just got a note today. Going to get it back out that direction uh, for uh, Oktoberfest this year. And always, always, Buzzard Billy's is on my stop list along with the Starlight Lounge. I go to Buzzard Billy's downstairs, get something to eat, go upstairs and get that Snickers martini at the Starlight Lounge and just sit back, relax right there on Pearl Street in that 1860s brick hotel building. Love that place. I can't recommend it enough. If you are going to Lacrosse for Oktoberfest, make Buzzard Billy's a destinational stop. Stop in, get some dinner, get some really cold beers, head upstairs to the Starlight Lounge, and just sit there and wait for the Rat Pack to come walking out of the back door because it's just that cool. Both places, Buzzard Billy, Starlight Lounge, two great places in Lacrosse. Matt LaFleur, up next on the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Franklin Field. But that being said, the ICHC, uh, they've just announced their um, fall lineup for music and the holiday lineup for music, which is going to continue to expand. But if you're looking for some great entertainment, specifically around the holidays, start to checking them out. Go to ICHC.net, Irish Cultural Heritage Center. 
Been around for more than 30 years. Uh, it's right there on West Wisconsin Avenue in Milwaukee, 414-345-8800 for concerts. If you want to do a wedding there, it's a great eclectic old place. If you're looking for meeting space, what have you, they've got a lot of good stuff going on. And it's a nonprofit, and you're not only you know getting something for a great rate, you're doing something good for the community as well. Again, the ICHC.net, ICHC.net, or call uh, Corey Direct, 414-345-8800, 414-345-8800. We are um, we're kind of hanging out here at uh, Franklin Field down at the Rock Complex, enjoying the day. The sky has opened up a little bit and got a little bit brighter sky. I see some blue off in the distance. I know there's some more rain yet to come. It's going to clear up later this afternoon. they got a game here tonight. In the meantime, up in Green Bay, you've got uh, the Packers on the practice field. And a little bit earlier today, Matt LaFleur met with the media. Let's take a listen to what Matt had to say. That's why we're going to go outside. So, Man of the people. I, we try to be. It's all about our fans and making you guys happy. So bring your raincoats. Um, what are you looking for in a number two quarterback? Is it simply a matter of the guy who gives you the best chance to win a game if you need to, or, or is there something bigger picture involved in that? No, it's it's all about that. It's just who can go out there and you know continue to move our offense down the field and score points and whoever does the best job is going to earn the right to be the number two so obviously you want to have a lot of confidence in whoever your number two is you know I would say you never want to get to that point but uh, things happen in football and that guy's got to be ready to go do you see the relationship between Jordan and Tom grow even more this past spring yeah, I think so. I think just the more you're around somebody, the um, and they, they've done. Tom's done a great job with him, and as well as Connor Lewis. And um, I just think the more that you get to know somebody, the the better the relationship tends to go. Matt, what gives you what gives you the indications that the the rookies spent the time off, like in their playbook and everything? Like you ask them, like, are there ways that you can tell if they did so or not? I can tell you in about an hour and a half. Two hours. I, I think that's the true test. Um, you know, I know a lot of our guys have communication with our with our rookies and a lot of our young players throughout the, the four or five weeks that they have off. But ultimately, it comes down to when we get them out there on the grass that you really don't know until you go through practices and just see where they're at, how fast they're playing, and, um, you know, are they making the mental mis- mistakes or not. Any sort of different practice schedule for Bakhtiari, or is he going to be the same as everyone else? No, he'll definitely be uh, modified quite a bit, I would say. Um, it's going to be pretty fluid, just the communication with him, our medical staff, myself, our coaches. Um, obviously, we know what type of player he is. He's, he's proved himself. And I think anytime you get a veteran player um, that has that much experience then you're willing to do that and obviously we want the best for david because when he's out there playing we're a better football team so um you know it's going to be pretty fluid but i can i can tell you you know with four practices this week obviously the first two are going to be full speed the third one we're going to we're going to do more of a jog through and then the fourth one full speed um i wouldn't anticipate him being out there tomorrow uh, maybe maybe very very limited if if at all. Thank you. Obviously, you had the off season program going for a while, but what is the first day training? 
Yeah, it's exciting. It's, um, I mean, what a great place. We got so much great tra tradition here, um, you know, from our guys riding the, the bikes over with the kids. And then just kind of, it, it's our first chance to get together as a football team and go out there and practice and, you know, try to develop our habits, our standards, our and, and really our um, expectations for what the 2023 season is going to be all about. you on attrition and keeping your guys fresh. I remember that first training camp, I don't think you had like three hard days in a row. With, with such a young team, does that change? Can you push them a little harder since they are younger and they need reps? Yeah, I think certain individuals for sure. I think you always want to be mindful of some of our veterans, but um, I would say it's going to be pretty fluid. I think the format stays uh, pretty much the same because it's kind of a philosophical belief. Uh, but, you know, you, you can pivot at any time, and it's really about what's best for our team, and a lot of times you, you don't know until you, you're in the moment. So we'll kind of be fluid with that process. Matt, how different are you from this first one you did? Uh, and I don't know if you remember day one of your first training camp. How different are you today from that guy that started well, I'd like to think that I've learned a little bit and grown, and um, but I think that's that's life, right? And you got to have those reps to get, to get um, more comfortable, if you will, or whatever whatever it is to get better. And um, so I think we have a better just vision for what we want to see and, and what we want to demand out of our football team. Uh, we, the expectations are this, that guys go out there and compete to the best of their ability each and every day, that they come here with a great attitude and great energy and, uh, they, you know, and, and embrace this grind. And training camp's not meant to be easy, and we know that the season is very long. Um, but if, if they tack it with the right mentality and, and the right mindset, I think that's when you see the most growth. So I'm excited about this group. We've got a great group of guys in that locker room the character has always been strong here and I think it that continues I think Goody and his staff do a great job of providing us with players that love the game of football and that are good people and that makes it a lot more fun and um, you know you just love to come to work each and every day when you're working with people like that Spock asked you about the rookies on Toledo up here um, is there some concern about DuBose who didn't practice all during the offseason issue there yeah I think anytime uh, guys especially young players aren't getting the reps there, there's always a concern there but I think at some point we anticipate him being back um, I think you could kind of see just you know Christian Watson is a great example last year missing the majority or all of training camp and then it took him a, a minute to kind of get in the groove so to speak and um, so I think all those reps are absolutely critical for, for all young players, for all players, but in particular the young players that don't have a lot to lean on from, from past experiences. Can you share what's catching out? I'd rather not. Now, he had, he had a back issue. So, um, you know, it's just those, those things always take time and, I know he's working hard, and, and our training staff's doing a great job uh, with him. And, you know, when he's ready, he'll be out there. Good. Thank you. All right, guys. See you out there. There you go. Matt LaFleur.
at uh, the podium and uh, some stuff to take out of that. Um, good question by our own Mike Clemens about Jordan Love and the relationship between him and Tom Clements and gave a little insight in that that relationship grew this past summer because it was just Jordan. You know, and it wasn't a slap at Rogers. It was just like just, you know, Jordan is now he's had a lot more one-on-one with Tom Clements and the relationship in making uh, Jordan better as a uh, as a quarterback because he is now the focus of Tom Clements as opposed to, you know, before when obviously Aaron Rodgers was in camp and coming to camp. So some interesting stuff there. Also, he did say some of the veterans, you know, are going to, you know, they've been there, done that. They don't necessarily need every rep. Uh, But a guy like David Bakhtiari, he said, hey, we're going to keep him fresh. So they'll go hard a couple of days, give guys off. Uh, Bakhtiari's going to have some time off. And, uh, you know, he's already been there, done that. He knows what he's doing. Um, So uh, you watch a guy like Bakhtiari just because he's missing practice doesn't necessarily mean he's nicked up. Uh, But he did say we're going to push the younger guys a bit more. Uh, The veterans will get some time to get the body healthy. Um, The one term he loves to use, man, holy crap, if it's a drinking game, you're plowed at this point. But the word fluid, holy mackerel, everything's fluid, you know? everything is the word fluid and i get it because it is it's you know but man he uses that a lot Whew. he also so, said uh, uh this bill and i'm not going to abuse this at all i promise what do you want to do bill what do you want to do bill he says what do you want right? to do bill i don't I, I i get it yeah what do you want to do come on you know what do you want to do bill? i'm gonna i'm gonna go out and have a beverage after this but uh, yeah okay well we've got we've now we've now begun our uh, our our matt lafleur bill drops for the season so we're going to do that. He also said that guys have to embrace the grind because it's not meant to be easy. And then he did uh, finally, we found out that DuBose, uh, who's not getting reps right now, has a back issue. And he said uh, he's working hard to come back, whatever therapy he's going through. But uh, those those can be tricky because it only takes one shot to a helmet in the back. And next thing you know, the thing locks up on you, and it's a long time before you're able to come back. So. They'll usually uh, take those with, uh, you know, very slowly. But he expects them back sooner rather than later. And uh, he wants them to get the reps, uh, the reps because he, he referenced Christian Watson last year, missing camp. And he said it just took him a while. It, it just if you don't have anything knowledge-wise to fall back on, it takes you a while to get acclimated. So that's exactly uh, what, uh, you know, DeBose is going to be going through right now as well. Good stuff. Uh, let's do this. We are broadcasting live. We're down here in Franklin at Franklin Field, uh, home of the Rock Complex, home of the Milwaukee Milkmen. And the reason we are here today is I'm getting questions that are, you know, being posed to me, why are you there when the Packers are, are practicing and the Brewers are playing? Because tonight they have a game here, and if you buy the tickets uh, on the link that I provided, which is on Facebook and on Twitter, you can then have a portion of those proceeds tonight go to Fisher House, Wisconsin. So if uh, you would be so kind as to buy some tickets, come here, enjoy yourself. Even if you buy tickets and you don't show up, give them to somebody maybe who could. But if you buy the tickets from those links, a portion of the proceeds go to Fisher House, Wisconsin, helping uh, military members, uh, veterans, and their families. So if we can uh, do that, that would be fantastic. I can't make it tonight, but I I bought a pair of tickets and gave them to my neighbor, as a matter of fact. So uh, anyway, uh, but if you get a chance to come out tonight, 
they'd love to have you here, no doubt about it. Stop by Franklin Field, but buy those tickets from that link, and you're going to be good to go. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break and come back. we got more uh, as we broadcast live here at Franklin Field. Stay tuned. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends Scott Ellis and the whole gang at Homeside Financial. And uh, they, uh, I'll tell you this, he has got a way to get you below the prime interest rate right now. So if you're thinking about a mortgage, if you're thinking about a home, you want to get pre-qualified, you want to do a home equity loan, whatever it is, he can help you out and get you with that 2-1 buy-down. Again, I don't understand all the ins and outs of this. Banking and mathematics is not my thing, but Scott can help you. Call him, 414-791-7771, 414-791-7771, and ask him about the 2-1 buy-down because he can get you an interest rate better than prime, and uh, it, maybe as low as 4%, 4.5%, which is not bad. And then you can even refinance it later down the road when interest rates continue to fall. So get a hold of Scott, 414-791-7771, 414 Seven one. That's Scott Ellis and the game gang over there at Homeside Finance. Ready. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show we are live we're in franklin wisconsin at franklin field as a matter of fact at the rock sports complex that continues to grow i mean it's just it's massive they've got uh, the ski hill in the winter time you've got uh, the uh, franklin field where the milkmen play here in the summertime you've got the umbrella bar up on the hill you've got uh the ymca that they built here they've got blend which is a kind of a uh, a cocktail lounge that's here they've got a new um They've got a new uh, pizza place that just was opened uh, next to the doghouse, which is open next to Lux Air, which they've got Lux Air here, which you can come out and kind of, you know, recreate your golf swing, which is beautiful. I love that place. So they've got food there. So, so many things to do with this complex. It's just massive. And if and plus they have Little League games and high school games and some collegiate games that are all played here on some of the some of the fields down below. So a lot of stuff here at the Rock Sports Complex in Franklin Field. And uh, they're a big part of the program. They're a big part of uh, supporting Fisher House, Wisconsin, our motorcycle ride along with it. So we can't say thanks enough to them. That's one of the reasons we are here. So that's what we're doing here today. Um, this is from Jacob. Jacob says, uh, hey, unit, where are you going to be tomorrow at uh, Lambeau? Uh, we're not going to be at Lambeau. We're going to be uh, just down the street. Right there, if you go to Armed Forces Drive and you know where, say, it's the Best Western, uh, you know, the conference center where D2 Sports Pub and Grill is, we're going to be right there, right there. The uh, the cruiser and the trailer and all that stuff, uh, we're going to be up there tomorrow. And we're going to be talking some training camp. Mike Clemens will join us, and we're trying to. We're going to see if we can't drum up another guest or two. But that being said, uh, we're going to be there tomorrow and taking in some of training camp. And then on Friday, Friday's shaping up because, holy mackerel, the Xfinity NASCAR drivers are coming out of the woodwork to come on the program. We're going to be broadcasting live in Victory Lane on Friday, and we'll be at Road America. And then we'll be heading uh, out to Sturgis, South Dakota, the following week. we got some more training camp to do, and, uh, boy, we're just uh, we're going to be everywhere, busy all over the place. 
And we've got two hours down, two hours yet to go. And in this next hour, we're now going to go down to Indianapolis, Indiana, and we're going to be talking with Zach Heilprin coming up here in just a little bit. And Zach is at Big Ten Media Days today. And the buzz in the state of Wisconsin yesterday was about Jim Leonard being the special assistant now uh, down at uh, Illinois for Brett Bielema. And Illinois posted it. And, look, uh, you know, Jim Leonard wanted the head coaching gig. Didn't get it. And just felt that it wasn't, uh, you know, in his best interest to be a D coordinator. So he now went down to Illinois. And, you know, we'll see. See what happens. So wish him nothing but to the best of luck except for against the Badgers. That's for sure. Stay tuned. we still got two hours yet to go. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. 